What's up, everybody? Let's spin some yarn. All right, so <laughs> last night um, I was in a conversation with a couple of people that basically brought like a problem and a question to my attention and, and were just posing the question to me of like running into resistance uh, from like senior, like very senior uh, enlisted leadership when having a conversation about enlisted leadership development. Um, part of it being just like a criticism of the existing structure uh, and then part of it being like, uh, and, and I mean like the enlisted leadership development structure, so like the capacity that the organization has to develop leaders. Um, and then also like a criticism of, um, just enlisted leadership period, right? Like the competency side of it that I talk about so much. So when having a conversation about it, uh, the sailors I was talking to just encountered a bunch of resistance when talking to um, very much my demographic, like 20 plus year master chiefs, uh, encountered a bunch of resistance in the form of like, uh, just defending the existing infrastructure and um, presenting their arguments with an attitude of like, uh, like how dare you question me and my competency, right? Um, and like the the way that the the way that the point was presented by the sailor who uh, not you know e six and below uh, type not not in the mess. Um, was it was from like a researched position like uh i'm talking like receipts like the health of the force survey uh suicide uh surveys a uh, bunch of stuff basically oqe saying hey uh leadership is the problem and that's not my opinion that's the analysis of all of these documents and like here you go. <laughs> Here they are. And when presented with this objective evidence, um, the argument was basically was, oh, there's not a problem. And uh, have you even been to ELD yet? And stuff like that. Right. So um, the and, and really what was confusing to the person in, uh, inquiring about this was the psychology of it basically like the how like how when presented with this evidence can you possibly defend the existing structure so that's what i'm gonna kind of unravel here uh and try to answer so and, and i kind of did for the person already but i i would like to pull it apart and do a long form ish discussion of it because i think that the audience would be interested as well so i didn't want it to just be you know contained to that text thread but which I learned how to use the voice memo thing in my iPhone yesterday. Not like the recording memo thing, but like how you send a text, but it's voice. Like, I, like I, I guess I knew it was real because people have sent it to me before, like, but I had no idea how to use it. And I recorded like a five minute rant uh, that didn't even send. And so then I had to do it again later. But anyway, a little fun misadventure of mine with being old and not understanding technology. So, um, to start at the beginning, um, the 
existing leadership development structure is largely irrelevant to the argument being made by again like my peer group right because it's it's been this way for as long as i can remember and and i don't know that i even thought about it uh until i was a chief but you know so like i i would say like in the last 10 12 years um i've i've heard the argument made that like uh basically the chief's mess are these leadership experts and we're very like good at developing leaders as a mess and that we're like this like leadership oracle and come to us and we have the answer and and, and like there's all the catchphrases that you hear like ask the chief and results not excuses and all that kind of crap um it's very much woven into our culture that like the, the mess as a collective organization is uh, is like where you go for leadership um, information, like guidance, advice, training, education, all the things. Like that's where you go. That's where officers go for advice. That's where junior enlisted go for the same advice and guidance and training and all those things. Like we train junior officers, we train new chiefs. So I've heard the argument made from the very beginning that that not only is that the case, but then when questioned, um, like I've, I felt the pushback in very, to varying degrees of like, uh, Oh, well we have leadership development. Like we have PO in doc. <laughs> we have uh sailor 360 or CPO 365 phase one, or now we have ELD. Right. And I'm not saying like you guys know how I feel about Enlic ELD. It's a it's a large step in the right direction. Like it's it's from what I every every report I've ever been given uh, by people who have gone through it, people who facilitated it, everything like and the research I've done. I, I didn't get to go to the classes. I never got to get qualified as a facilitator, not for lack of trying, just conflicted schedule wise while I was still on active duty. But I re reviewed a lot of the course material. Um, and yeah, like I, I think it's a giant step in the right direction. It's great. Like that, that we finally did something meaningful. Um, I don't think, you know, I don't think it's enough, but it's, it's a great step. Uh, but to, to point at that in the same way that I've seen people point at all those other things I just mentioned and say that like, ah, no, like, see, we fixed it. Like, have you even gone to ELD yet? You know, like to, to use that as, as a an excuse um, for our organization, our rampant organizational leadership incompetence. Like it's, it's Navy wide leadership incompetence, right? So to use it as an excuse for that being our current status and, and to even act like there's not even a problem, like, like, no, we're killing it. Like, this is awesome. Like our leadership is amazing. And then go read the health of the force survey and, like I was sent a highlighted slide by uh, one of the, the people I'm talking to uh, and I'm going to do a more research based approach to this at some point, but it's going to take a while because I got to do all the research and then compile it and then present it. But um, under survey insights, it talks about it has like a, ch a chart, right? Like a there's a bar graph and like a line diagram talking about people's career plans and stuff. And then when it's talking about reasons that people cite when leaving the navy navy leadership is listed but when you read uh the com most commonly cited influence to stay in the navy it's all about pay benefits stability 
right? Not Navy leadership, right? So it's cited as one of the main reasons people are like, nah, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, and like, and that's not like an isolated report. I've been hearing that for a decade. When I went to Navy career counselor school in like 2013, they talked about one of the biggest reasons people were getting out was Navy leadership. And that's what they would cite as they exited the military was like leadership and competence, essentially. Um, it's something that they are not unaware of, like at the highest levels, like they can't be with the number of times they've been told. But I think when you, if you're, if you're tr looking at the mess Navy wide, I don't think they're aware of it. Not on the, not in the same way, right? Like the most, most chiefs, like fleet chiefs that are out there just doing the damn thing. I don't have time to scrub through the, the uh, health of the force survey. But when you get up to like the high level flag CMC level, like they're aware of it and, and above, right? When you're in DC now and we're talking about CNP and like uh, the MCPON and the CNO and all that, they know, they know there's a giant problem, but I think there's like a, like an apathetic approach to it. Like, uh, like, like it's not the most important thing. Cause while, while they're aware there's a giant problem, I don't think they're aware that it's the most important thing. Like, I don't think that most of those people would agree that leadership development and education is the most important thing. And if they did, they have a misconception that something like Navy, EL, like the ELD program is enough to fix it right and that somehow like naval enlisted leadership isn't as important as what the officers are doing and i would contend that most officers aren't really leading they're managing they're doing strategic and tactical things they're they're like the executive level like which you leadership but it's like you're mainly managing really um so to to kind of come back around like I don't think there's a general awareness of there being a problem, right? And, and for the end user of this, like, attempt at leadership is, it like, it's horrific. Like, it doesn't, no matter what, the organization's analysis of its own ability to, to train leaders and to actually lead people, the end user is the one that is going to be like the the judge of that like the the e6 and below is like the organizational mood ring and that shit is on fire like you can't you can't you can't think for a second that uh that the reaction to to um the product you're delivering for lack of a better articulation i guess the leadership you're delivering to the fleet is driving them out of the military in droves and nobody wants to join in a depressed economy. That's horrific. Like, that's not where we want to be. And it's a really dire and like emergent uh, illustration of how, like how big of a deal this, this is and, and how quickly we need to act to deal with this problem. So it's not like the evidence isn't there and the indications aren't there. And I don't think there's an argument to be made that it's not true. Right. So like, so now we had, now we're at a point where we're like, okay, there's, we know there's a giant problem. Right. 
for some reason, the people, again, in, in my peer group, like the 20 plus year master chiefs, the, the command master chiefs, the people in command SEL roles, right? There's still a, a pretty staunch resistance to criticism and like being called out and being pushed on these types of things. Even when presented with evidence, you get of most of the time you're going to get like pushback. You're, you're going to get resistance. Uh, maybe not like vehement, like you're wrong. This is all made up. This is just about like, like I'm sure there's some of that where it's just like, ah, oh, these are just disgruntled sailors that hated their jobs and are taking it out on Naval leadership. Like I've heard that I've debriefed a Deox survey as a Simeo to my triad only door closed. Right. And they're like laughing at the comments discarding them all like there's probably a dozen of them directly critical of our command sel and it was just like they were like laughing it off like oh the peasants are are upset you know like and it's like no that is not what this is for so you do that is that is a part of it it's all part of it is those those when they're presented with those criticisms and with that evidence which that's kind of anecdotal evidence or like subjective evidence but it's still evidence, right? And when you aggregate it, and then I can put it into like little pie charts and stuff, which they do in those surveys, it's like, then you start to see, okay, this is more like, this is data. Like when you're asking like the, are you satisfied with leadership? And you get a yes, no answer from a large sample size. Like that's, that's now we're into objective quality evidence. And so like, and they still like just discard it all like they don't take those seriously at least in my in my own experience anyway like i'm sure there's commands that do but you're in my in my analysis the reason why you're gonna get this type of pushback when being critical of leaders even if you have evidence to present saying no no really this is a problem whether you're willing to acknowledge it or not it's a problem the reason why you're not gonna get this like shock and like recognition of oh god what have i done and I, all of a sudden they're they're like thirsty for leadership development and like oh i need to fix myself is because you what what happens a lot of the times and this isn't all of the time but a lot of the times either part or i like i'm gonna say all but it, yeah i don't know if that's like a significant portion but like partially or significantly or maybe even all of a person's identity has got conflated with what they do for a living, right? So if I'm a master chief and I've been doing this for 20 plus years and you're indoctrinated into this like uh, culture of the chief's mess and deck plate leadership and Navy chief, Navy pride and all that stuff, right? And again, I'm not like entire, I, I it's a criticism, but it's not like entirely an attack. Like if you think I'm not like proud to be a chief like look behind you like i it's it's a conflict for me but like also like i'm very proud of the fact that um i was a chief for over a decade and and retired as a master chief and blah 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 but um when you conflate that with your identity and then somebody presents you with evidence that you're doing your identity wrong like like the thing you're doing that you identify with so uh completely and even and also like it's like an also but kind of like a different thing as well like even if that's not the case right you're still you're this this criticism is still going to be attack attacking somebody's uh 
um, identity in the way that like in, in a way that it's like you're saying that that they're incompetent and it, and it's it's going to attack their identity as a person, even if that's not conflated with being a chief. Hopefully I'm not getting too like this is not getting too confusing, but either they're conflating their identity with being a master chief or they're um, part of their a, a big significant part of their identity is just their job, like their how well they do their job, how well they take care of their people. Um, separate from being a chief, just being a leader in general, just being a good person and taking care of their people and just doing a good job. Like everybody wants that sense of belonging to the organization. They want to be a valuable contributing member of the team and they want to do something meaningful. They're not showing up to work and they're not spending 20 years of their lives doing this and investing all this blood, sweat and tears into getting to where they are it, to be a failure, right? So, so there's the identity conflation and then there's just a human being that wants to do a good job, right? And they've put a lot of time and effort by their own. Like if you look back retrospectively at your career after putting that much time and effort and and like time away from family and all, all the same, they experience all the same sacrifices and pain and throughout their, their career uh, that everyone does, you know, like some worse than others, right? So they, when, you, when you're pushing back uh, at your in their minds, you're effectively attacking everything they've ever done. You know what I mean? Like you're attacking their identity in in the one case, or you're just attacking like all the thing, all the time and effort and resources they've put into what they've done. And what makes what what compounds the casualty is it's a logical assumption to think if I present present all this quality evidence to these people saying, hey, we have data saying that we are organizationally incompetent at leadership. You're you're telling this to a person that is smart, is capable of critical thinking skills, however, has been conditioned to think that they're doing a really great job and that they are a leadership development expert and a leadership elite an expert as a leader like when serving in the role right they have stacks of evals awards promotions to show you as their own evidence of like yeah but you're not you can't be talking about me and they're also going to defend the organization especially if they're in the conflating their identity with the chief thing like you attack the mess you're attacking their identity so they have a ton of validation that they can show you, like they got receipts too. They can show you paperwork that says, well, the Navy thinks I'm really good at this, you know? And, and they're not wrong to think that if the organization's gonna promote me to Master Chief and put me in a command SEL role and give me all these awards and, and put me in these positions and do like, you know what I mean? Like if they're gonna repeatedly validate me through promotions, awards and all the things, right? all the mechanisms that we have to do that, then I must be good. Yeah, like, I, I of course I'm good at it. Why? I, they wouldn't promote me otherwise, right? They wouldn't give me all these awards and let me wear a cookie to work if I'm incompetent at leadership, right? So they have, they've been, and, and this happens, like I was a chief for over a decade. This happens, and it, and it arguably happens even before that because I have to then, I have to do all the work to get promoted to chief too. 
So I have all those evals and say I was sailor of the quarter and sailor of the year and all these. I wasn't sailor of the year. I was sailor of the quarter once, but like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like people that are in those positions have all this validation. Like they got their, I love me binder and they're like, no, look right here. It says I'm, I'm good at this. So it, it makes a lot more sense than you think it does. It makes a lot more sense that they're going to argue against your, uh, attack on or your criticism of their leadership competence and the organization's leadership competence and in this case i'm gonna i'm referring to the mess but i mean it could mean anything it could mean the navy like when you're having that conversation all of these people like you think the cno doesn't think he's a leadership expert i think he would answer like that he is an, a leadership expert at this point and I don't, you know, like, I don't think he, he he's a horrific leader or anything. I, I don't, I'm not in a position to even make that analysis, but I don't think that people in those positions that have been around that long, if like, if you're wearing a CMC cookie to work, you think you've got this thing, you, you beat the game. Like you think you have this all figured out. So to think that, especially when it's a junior person too, it's so, so easy to discount. It's so easy to just dismiss all of this criticism, whether it comes in the forms of a Deox survey or a health of the force survey or some some analysis of why our suicide rates are where they are or whatever it is. However many bar diet like <laughs> bar graphs and pie charts and all the stuff we have in there and statistics and and all that stuff. It's like, yeah, but I got my own OQE, too, that says I'm an expert and says chiefs are, are experts and that says all these other, you know that says all these other things that, that we are in fact competent. Um, the best way that I know how right now, and I, this is a problem that I'm still working on. The best way that I know how to try to break through to these individuals, um, is when you're it, like in order for them to, uh, see the light, right? Like to be like, Hey, uh, okay. Maybe there is a rampant leadership and competence and maybe I need to do something about that. Um, the only way that I know how, and, and, and again, like it's more of a hypothesis at this point than anything is like the, cause I, 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 I'm not saying like if, if this was the vaccine, like I would have fixed it. All right. You know what I mean? Like I, and I, I think it, it does help and it is starting to work, but, um, very slowly, but like, I, I don't know that it's going to work for everyone. I don't know that it's the best answer is, um, if, if I'm telling somebody that has the, their identity conflated with being a chief or that has been validated and conditioned by the organization for so long that they just, you're not like some, some first class who they believe to be, uh, subordinate and inferior in their competence at leadership is telling them that they're, a bad leader and that they're in fact incompetent at the thing they're doing. It's so easily dismissed because in order for them to, to receive that and in order for that to get through in the way that the message is intended, the barrier to delivery of that message is so insane because they would have to admit that, the entire time they've been doing this, in spite of all that validation, that they've been doing it wrong, that 
the wreckage left in their wake of incompetent leadership is their fault and they're culpable, right? You'd have to take ownership of all of that and that could destroy somebody. You know, like you, you got to think about like, it's almost like if you were sleepwalking your way through being a serial killer and then like somebody proved to you that no, really you're a serial killer. It's like, you'd have to like, it's, it's a crazy thing to, I mean, that's an extreme example, but you know what I mean? Maybe a serial bank robber where you didn't hurt anybody. I don't know. Uh, like you, it, it's a very, very difficult thing for a person to accept that they failed on the scale that you're asking them to believe. So my hypothesis is, and that's the way that I've been forging forward with the way that I present things on the podcast for now is uh, to place that culpability, like to place that accountability at the foot of the organization. And I don't think it's inaccurate. I don't think I'm making an excuse for the individual because if I were to put you in a position to, let's say, stand some type of a sentry watch, right? Like I'm going to I'm going to make you an armed watch stander at, at a gate to a pier or a gate to a base. And I never qualified you in firearms like you don't even know how to use it. And I never taught you any of the things that you need to know to do that job correctly. And you don't know how to use any of the gear or equipment or check IDs and make sure they're valid and do all the things that you need to do. Right. You're going to fail at that. And when you fail, I'm going to hold you accountable. I never prepared you for that role. I never made sure you were trained and qualified to do that correctly. So the first question, and this is very common on submarines, is like the first question we ask when somebody screws something up, especially in a role like that where they're on like on watch or doing maintenance or something that you need to be trained and qualified for formally. The first question asked was that were they trained and qualified? Were they proficient? Did they know that the procedure, did they understand the steps? Did they have the right uh, like equipment? Did we teach them how to do it correctly, right? The first question asked is like, were they trained and qualified to do it, right? Were they the person that should have been there? And we ask other questions like, did they have good sleep? Like, did they, there's all these things that we do to try to eliminate all of these other reasons why it, it could have happened before we get to personal accountability and it's not that they don't get to personal accountability like in parallel too quickly in my opinion but like we're we're probably better at it than the rest of the navy of like at least that like we're asking some of the right questions first instead of just launching straight into punching this person in the face um so what i would say is for these leaders is we promoted you to leadership positions based on erroneous criteria, right? We're, we're looking at your evals and we're considering how great of a technician you are. And may, like, yeah, maybe you have some LPO leadership experience where you're managing a small team of technicians and doing technical things, but like arguably it's more management, less leadership. There's definitely some leadership there, but like most of what we're choosing, like if you read an ECP and you look through the considerations for advancement from E67, most of them are technical and institutional expertise things. They're not leadership things. So I'm promoting you based on erroneous criteria to a level of arguably of incompetence, right? 
Uh, some people figure it out pretty quickly or have an aptitude for leadership also. Like they're hungry to learn those things when they're in the first class role. So when they un- end up a chief, it's not as big of a learning curve, even though there's always a learning curve because you have to assimilate into the organization. There's just things you don't know on the other side of the looking glass. Um, but a lot, I would say the majority, just wildly unprepared to be launched in that position based on being promoted on erroneous criteria. And then we never take any time. And now now we have the Enlick ELD CPO leadership course. So that's great. I'm really happy that ELD exists now. But the people in these positions that we're talking about, these 20 plus year master chiefs never attended those classes. All they did was a chief season. That's it. Maybe the senior enlisted academy. But at that point, you're an old dog not learning any new tricks, right? So... I, my hypothesis is if we can convince these people that it's not their fault, it provide it, it like illuminates a path around all of that accountability and complete destruction of someone's uh, like self-worth and, and the, the way in which they identify with that role. Right. Like if I can convince a 20 plus year master chief that like, look, you're not as good at this as you think you are. None of us are right. Like, I spent a lot of time studying this and working on myself and I'm still not like the Oracle, right? I'm just a guy that's studying this and trying to make people better. That's it. So it's, if I can convince those people that it's not their fault, that the organization didn't train and qualify them and educate them in the way that they needed to succeed in these roles and to be competent in these situations, then maybe I can get through. And it's still going to be a tough sell, but maybe I can get through to them by convincing them that like, look, it wasn't like, there's a little personal accountability piece in that. Like when you're in these roles, like I would hope that you have at least enough self-awareness to be like studying this a little bit. And I think a lot of people kind of do, but I think it's like, we already we're building all this on top of a really shoddy foundation and a lot of like just misunderstandings and knowledge gaps and stuff. But largely the lion's share of the accountability goes to the organization that never took the time through the entire life cycle of you promoting to the rank you currently occupy at that master chief 20 plus year level that it's like, of course you're incompetent. Of course you are. Why? How could you not be? It's, it's as silly as the metaphor, the, the metaphor, not really a metaphor. The example that I gave earlier of the me just seeming Timmy shows up, ink's not even dry on his check-in sheet. And I throw him into petty offs the deck or petty offs the watch for some other places in the Navy, whatever, but like an armed sentry position, never did a gun shoot, never got qualified, anything, never did like any of the training required doesn't have any idea how to check the ID. doesn't have any idea how to be a sentry. And I, and then I just throw them into that role and expect them to succeed. That's what we've been doing for decades. That's what we've been doing. We've been throwing people off cliffs and seeing if they can fly. And to the shock of absolutely no one, 99.9% of them can't fly. Occasionally you get a mutant that, you know, flies off in the sunset, but. I'm not one of them. I face planted just like everybody else. And, but then I got up and figured it out. And there are people doing that too. I would say they're rare. 
they're more rare anyway. But the majority, they're just, they don't even know to, to do anything else, you know? Like they've never been trained or qualified or educated to be a leader, let alone train and educate leaders themselves. So to the shock of absolutely no one, they're incompetent at that task. And again, I always feel the need to qualify the incompetent statement as like, it's not an attack or an insult. It's just a statement of status. Like that's just where we are. You know, like I got thrust into leadership roles that I was incompetent at. I figured it out. It took a long time, a lot of pain, a lot of self-study, a lot of seeking out good mentors, right? But, and I mean, I'm formally educated. I got a bachelor's degree in this stuff now. Like I I study psychology just for funsies because I'm a nerd, but also like I'm going to school for that. Um, Taking a break right now. But if y'all keep up with the podcast, you know why. Um, Yeah, I, it's, it's not surprising to me being part of that peer group um, that you're that you would get this type of resistance. And I completely understand someone being confused by it. Right. Because you haven't made that leap yet where not that you're not leading. Right. But like you haven't made the leap into that position where you go through the chief season and all that stuff. And then you end up in a chief role. And it's like there's a lot of things that will happen that will surprise you regardless of your leadership competence. There's just a shock to the system when you're put in that role um, that you're never going to be ready for until we take the time to prepare. And like you could be, but the mess in applying the chief season, right? Like in actually doing the chief season in real life, they, hold so much back and and expect you to figure out so much on your own that you're not you're not as prepared for the role as you could be right if they spent six weeks giving you like a crash course to the culture shock and the pressure and the responsibility that you're that you're going to encounter once you're the lcpo and it's on you now um i think we'd you'd be a lot more prepared, but you're not going to be a leadership expert after six weeks. Like I'm just talking about only preparing you for the Holy Jesus. Now I'm the, I'm the guy or gal that's in this position. You know, like it's a shock to your system. Um, but yeah, it's a life cycle thing. Like it, it'll take the entirety of that life cycle leading up to you making chief, whether it's six years or 16 to prepare you for that role. I mean, I don't even think you should be able to make chief in six years, but that's another conversation for another time. But that's why, like, you need to be prepared and, and experience is a big part of it. It's like, you, you, I teach you a thing from a book, right? And then we discuss it. And then uh, maybe we, like, role play it or, or, like, in some type of way beta test it. And then you got to go out into the wild and try it out. And see how it works because it's not always going to work the way that the book says it will. There's going to be adjustments that need to get made for each individual, never mind the environment, the, the context of the situation, all the variables that play into these things. It's really complicated and you need to be able to go out there and do these things and try them out and see how they work and then go back and discuss it and then work, work through it. Um, it's... It takes a long time to get good at this stuff. Um, 
it takes a long time to get competent at this stuff is probably a better way of saying it. So, um, I guess like that's the part that to address the, the why you're going to get resistance if you try to have this conversation piece, that's why. Um, and it probably also sort of answers part of the question of like why the leadership competence exists on the scale that it does is like, because of course it does. Like, why, why would it not? We've never taken the time to train and educate leaders. We just haven't. ELD is a great step in the right direction, but you're, there, we're training the newer generations that have to, we have to then wait for them to like matriculate into the khaki ranks, right? But even like the CPO leadership development courses, hopefully it's not too late for them. I would say that it's probably not, especially if they go within like the first year that two or two years that they're a chief, which I, if I remember right, and don't quote me, go listen to the ELD podcast, but I'm pretty sure they said like, it's gotta be within the first two years or something like that. Um, but then, yeah, like the senior enlisted Academy, if you don't already have the foundation, in my experience, a lot of people, I would say the majority of people that go to the senior enlisted Academy aren't going there with an open mind. They're going there to get a piece of paper so they can make master chief whenever it becomes required. If it ever does. Right. Like there's a lot of just like group think that happens where it's just like they all think that, and, and again for this the reasons that make plenty of sense to me of they've been conditioned over a, like a 20-year career to think that they've got it all figured out so like they're just there to like you know like polish if that if not just exist until they get the certificate so they can put it in their i love me binder and I put it on their eval and it's in the record now that they have the sea so now they can make master chief or they needed it to go be a CMC or whatever, right? Um, also, the, well, I guess, I, I think I'm going to wrap it up there, honestly, because I'm going to revisit this stuff. Um, I'm working, I'm doing a bunch of research. I, I'm in the early, early stages of this, but I'm doing a bunch of research on this problem, and I'm going to present it in a way that's like a, kind of that argument that this person was trying to make, but I, I really want to go like all the way down the rabbit hole until I find the end of it. And then, uh, kind of at, like go through all that research, p like pull out the stuff that it makes the most sense to however, however I'm going to present this. And then you'll, you'll see me, I, I will probably write something as well, but I'm going to present it in podcast form and then I'm going to do like a debrief of it. I'm going to send that podcast to like an, a person that I consider an expert that I can bounce it off of. And then we're going to do like a debrief podcast of it as well. So it'll be a, I mean, it'll be a, a behemoth. It'll probably be like eight hours of content if I had to guess. Um, but it'll be a very in-depth uh, research project. And again, like I'm very early stages of planning this. So like, I don't know all the details yet, but uh, I, I, I don't feel the need to, continue on I guess um, just because that's what I'm going to do and I, I, I would rather discuss it with the support of that research and kind of through that lens I guess so I hope this answers some questions um, I I understand the frustration I really do like I had the same frustration throughout my entire career even even as a chief and a senior chief and a master chief um, I've sat in rooms. I, I always thought I'd promote my way out of this problem. Like, like eventually there's going to be a room full of grownups that understand. 
and then I can help them like fix the problem, which it's illogical. It was like, it was like a, um, just like false hope that I was clinging to. And I remember one day I was uh, CDO, I was on duty and I was, you, you have to like uh, man the phones at the end of the day when the, uh, like all the administrative staff for the flag officer goes home. Um, and then once they all leave, uh, you lock up the building and all that. But I was sitting at that desk and the door to the conference room was open and they were having this like round table on, um, something that had gone horribly wrong on some boats and they were, they were approaching it as if it was a culture issue within the community with that they were talking about. And I just remember sitting there like wanting to scoop my eyes out with a spoon, uh, li- like listening to the, the stuff that they were talking about and their proposed solutions. And it's, it's exactly what you probably think it is. It's the kind of stuff you hear at like a critique for tag out and work controls violations. It was like, it it didn't make any sense. Nobody was going to respond to it. It was going to fix exactly nothing, but it would give them a couple bullets to put in an email and send to the next flag officer up the chain of command saying, look, we did something. Like it was, it was so frustrating and like deflating to kind of recognize that it's like, there's no such thing as like, (laughs) I'm not, there's never going to be a room that I enter and I'm going to sit there and be like, oh man, I agree with everything you guys are saying. (laughs) And And this is a really great conversation and a really great approach to leading people and fixing problems and meeting needs. Um, it was really frustrating, but yeah, it's like a, it's, it doesn't surprise me at all that this problem exists because of course it does. So I hope that helps. Um, again, I'm going to talk, uh, I'm going to talk about this again. I I've already talked about it a lot on other podcasts, but this specific thing, it's like, that's some of the psychology behind it. I think, um, that, and it, it, it's a bit of a defense even of the people in those positions that, junior sailors have such issues with it's like of course you do and if you stick around long enough to promote that position your sailors are going to have issues with you too unless you do something about it and develop yourself as a leader because the organization probably won't like definitely go to eld classes get on that train um but do more like don't just go to eld classes self-study find great mentors do all the things like seize every opportunity that you can to get an education and leadership. You like go to college for it. Like take college classes. I learned a bunch um, in my, like when I did my organizational leadership degree, like I learned a bunch of stuff and I got directed into a lot of great resources as well. Just like made aware of things that I, I wouldn't have found otherwise. And um, I mean, maybe I would have eventually, but like, you know what I mean? Like I, it was good. It was helpful. I learned things. Um, there's plenty of like, people like me that do things like this, like uh, Jocko does all these musters and like all this other stuff where you like, you can learn a lot from all these mechanisms that are out there. Uh, and I would incur, I, I would encourage you, I would implore you <laughs> to do those things on top of the ELD stuff and then find great mentors and ask, like try to learn from them. Like don't try to mimic them so much as pull all the good you can from them and the tools that fit you and your personality and your understandings that you think work and, and that you've seen work and, and eventually you're going to have just a, a pretty robust toolkit to, uh, to apply when you're in those leadership positions. But, um, definitely 
do it now before you end up wearing anchors to work because once that happens and I'm not saying you can't continue to develop but it, it becomes a lot more difficult I think based on the pressure and the demands and the, just the expectations like they expect you to already have this certain level of leadership competence that if you don't do that work early you're gonna run into problems and it's like essentially you're trying to play catch up like you're trying to remediate yourself while doing the job and it, that that becomes that becomes a lot more difficult um but yeah, uh, that's what I got for you today. Uh, if you need anything from us, as always, hit us up. Don't give up the ship podcast at gmail.com. You can Facebook message us. Don't give up the ship podcast. Or you can DM us on Instagram, Reddit, or Discord at DGUS podcast. Uh, if you want to support us, there's a donate button on the website, dguspodcast.com, or you can go to don't give up the ship apparel, get yourself some naval pride and heritage gear. You'll actually wear in public. Uh, it's dgutsapparel.com, or you can just click the shop link on the dguspodcast.com website and it'll take you there automatically. Uh, or probably the best way, go to patreon.com slash dguts podcast uh, and become a patient today. Lots of really cool benefits uh, across the five tiers. If you can and you're willing to support us in that way, I would really, really appreciate it. Helps us pay the bills and expand the platform. Uh, and I mean, pay the podcast bills, not my actual bills. <laughs> I'm not taking a paycheck. Uh, and then if you can't uh, spare the cash, I completely understand. Uh, one of the best ways to support us without spending actual money is just like, share, subscribe, review us on all the platforms for all the things, social media platforms, podcast platforms, all YouTube, everything. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, share the videos, share the podcast, tag your friends in the social media posts, whatever, whatever you can do uh, in that way, uh, it helps a ton. So if you can do that and you're willing to, we really, really appreciate it. And that's it. That's what I got for you today. Thank you so much for listening and don't give up the ship. <laughs>